0: welcome to saturday morning rewind a show dedicated to the love of animation and feeling like a kid again let's go back in time to when cats defended third earth sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight a masked duck protected the streets of saint canard
1: i am the terror that flaps in the night
0: and knowing was half the battle Yo, Joe! let's go back with saturday morning rewind and your host Tim Nidell.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Saturday Morning Rewind. Of course, I am your host, Tim Nidell. Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Saturday Rewind. Or my personal one, it's at Tim underscore Nidell. Oh man, today's episode, what can I say about this episode? I'm going to say it again, one of my all-time favorite interviews that I've done, and I've been doing interviews for many, many years now, and that is because I have the one and only James Woods on the podcast today. And Of course, we know James Woods as the amazing actor from movies like Once Upon a Time in America, Vampires, The Virgin Suicides the hard way with Michael J Fox, which is one of my all-time favorites. And of course, we know him as the voice of Hades from Disney's 1997 animated movie Hercules.
0: Jeez, Louise, what got his goat, huh? Name is Hades, Lord of the dead. Hi, how you doing? We dance, we kiss, we schmooze, we carry on, we go home happy. What do you say? Come on?
1: It's an amazing, amazing interview. But, of course, before I play the interview, make sure to subscribe to my personal vlog YouTube channel. Just type in my name, Tim Nydell. N-Y-D-E-L-L. If you're a Disney fan, if you're a Disney Parks fan, celebrity interviews, you're going to like the channel. I do a lot of 80s and 90s retro-themed videos. Again, just type in my name, Tim Nydell. I also want to give a quick shout-out to my Patreon supporters, Mike Clemens, Tori Garvin, and Gemma Bright. You guys are still awesome, still helping this channel out. And if you're listening and want to help us out financially, just go to our website, SaturdayMorningRewind.com. Go to the donation tab and check that out. Patreon is a a once-a-month charge. It starts at 2 bucks a month and goes up from there. Or if you just want to give a one-time donation, you'll see the link to our PayPal address. On the donation tab as well. Again, that's SaturdayMorningRewind.com. And without further ado, here is my one-on-one interview with James Woods.
0: So, by the way, I have to tell you, so the really fun thing is that I got to see Hercules again last night. Oh, perfect. And I had not seen it literally since the day uh, that they showed it to us or screened it for us uh, at Disney. Back when Jeffrey was, was Jeffrey Katzenberg was was in charge, and um, I literally I don't know why you know when you've done it you know I worked on that show for two years yeah and then I did the series for I, I can't even remember how many seasons and I only did the series I'll tell you a funny story I only did the season the series because my late brother God rest his soul my dear late brother Michael his three children were of that age then, yeah. So they said, "Oh, Uncle Jimmy, you got to do the series." So they gave me like career advice. <laughs> I had to do the series because the kids wanted me to do it. Thanks, Sarah. And um, hold on, my my, you going up to the pool? Yeah. Okay, enjoy. Thank you. Okay, you're depriving me from swimming in the pool. <laughs> we're going to socially isolate up there all there ourselves. So, um, so anyway, we uh, the kids were uh, were of that age, so I ended up doing the series and just had honestly a blast it was so much fun because you know we'd just do it and it would take like maybe an hour or two uh every few weeks to do a different episode and uh what they would come up with would just amaze me so about i don't know about two or three years ago i was cleaning out a storage unit that was maybe 20 years old maybe about 16 or 17 years i'd had crap in there i just i'd moved houses i didn't know what to do with it so my girlfriend and i were opening it up and she said I said, See, look, there's a box from International Creative Management. I said, "Oh, that's my old agents. You know, I was with Tony Howard. She was, you know, my agent at the time. I did uh, I did Hercules. It's really interesting. I, I said, I wonder what this was. She said, I, I said, probably old male or something. So I started to open it up. And she goes, I'm sorry, is that an Emmy? I said, it looks like it's an Emmy. And I opened it And it was an Emmy. And I go, oh, look at this. I got an Emmy for doing Hercules. I didn't even know that. How does that happen? She, said, she says, "I don't know a lot of people who get an Emmy and don't know that they won it." I said, "I, I didn't know I won it. I'm so pleased. I'd, I'd like to thank the Academy, but it's too late." Go ahead,
1: make a speech right now. We want to hear.
0: Yeah. it. I'd like to thank the Academy. What was my hair up before? I do. Oh, thank you very much. Okay, we'll schmooze, we'll dance, we'll carry on. How do you like this thing? It's made of gold, and so am I. Oh man, that's epic. <laughs> Which reminds me, one of the parts of, of Hercules was actually how I got the job. And, you know, I, the, the one thing I'm most proud of is I never believe that I'm qualified for a job. If I don't think I'm the right person for a job, you know, I've, I've had times where I've gone in for, for a role and I said, you know what? I really appreciate your asking me, but you know, who'd be really great at yeah. this, et cetera. And, and a lot of very fine actors will do that. You know I mean? John Boyd has done that for me. You know, uh, I know other actors that I recommended you. They wanted me, but I really think you'd be right for that. I mean, you'd be amazed that other actors that well that we often have done that for each other. And there was a really wonderful actor, a man I love, and I, in a situation that like this I'm going to remain nameless. But okay. I'd known him since my college days. He'd gone to Harvard. I'd gone to MIT. We were friends. He's an Emmy award-winning actor himself. I think he might even have won an Oscar. Um, a wonderful guy. Just a great guy. And he was the original voice of Hades. Now, nobody takes it personally when it comes to animation casting if you're not right for something or mm-hmm. it's not working. They often change midstream with actors because there's just a certain tone to the voice that you can't change. It has nothing to do with performance. And everybody auditions. Now, this is just before the breakpoint when actors are getting paid Huge sums of money and getting billing in yep. animation. You know when when Robin Williams did uh, his amazing performance <laughs> in Aladdin, and when Mel Gibson did Pocahontas, I believe. Uh, wasn't he in Pocahontas? He now? was. Yes. Yes. Yep. And and my, we, we worked for virtually minimum. We didn't get anything. We didn't get any billing or anything. It yep. was like people knew through press that you know these you know star names were doing these these parts, but it wasn't about. Star casting. It was about the right voice, and everybody auditioned. Believe it or not, Mel Gibson. no, Gibson. It's the time for biggest star. He <laughs> auditioned for Pocahontas. You know, we all auditioned. That was just understood because they wanted to fit the voices together, and nobody took it personally. You got to audition for Disney. You oh, say, everybody wants to be a Disney villain." You know, it's of like course. the great feather in your yeah. cap to be, a, you know, or, or a Disney hero. You know, um, so they called up and they said, "You know, we'd like you to come in for Hercules." To you know. Hades, and, you know, we can't give the script. They're very protective of the scripts, but, you know, I said, sure, of course, I'll come in and be happy to. Uh, you know, honored. You know, Jeffrey called, called. I know Jeffrey's a friend of mine. We play poker together sometimes, so you know, Jeffrey would like you. And I said, great. would love to come in. So I come in, and they said, look, we want to play you what we have for this character, and we're going to show you a little bit of uh, Nick Raneri was my lead animator, you know, who, of course, did Lion King. Yeah, Phenomenal guy, and a real he's, pencil and paper. Uh, my Entire character was done by pencil, wow. you know, pencil and paper, and and it. I have so many, like he'd send me notes and he'd do drawings of me as eighties <laughs> when I was nominated for an Oscar for another role, and you know, it, it was amazing, you know, how he would, you know, send these things. i got them framed all over the house cause, you know, with a great Disney animator. Um, anyway, uh, so they showed me a little bit of a black and white, almost like. You know, those old those old things where you flip the paper oh, yeah. and, yep. and and the cartoon moves, you know, a little flip pad of of the character with this original actor's beautiful voice. And the idea was I am Hades, the Lord of the underworld. How dare they come to me? You know, and that was sort of the over the top British, although he's not British, you know, style. And they said, Look, we we're, we're this is very traditional and it's very powerful and he's a fabulous actor. But we're missing some edge to this. And I said, Well, I can't do more than that, because he has that very centaurian quality and is able to do that. And I can sort of do it, but I don't think I'd do it as well as he did. I said, But you know, I'm I'm not gonna get cast in this, you know, I'm not really right for it. But you know, I do it like and the scene had been when he first comes in, you know, to to, to uh to celebrate the birth of Hercules. Yep. Um, monolipus and he walks in Hades, hey, very about hey how you doing uh nice to see a nice face uh, what's that little ham masaka you got there <laughs> hey come on i got a few jokes this, is a, <laughs> this is an audience or an oil painting they it to mosaic <laughs> but i started just ad-libbing and my role model was kind of quite frankly you know a sort of a caa agent kind of wow just, <laughs> you know some slick you know <laughs> who's ever slick i'm not putting on ca i had a Wonderful C.A. agent, actually, you know, William Moore, you know, a, a talent agent slash used car salesman, exactly, exactly, hunter, slick Hollywood guy in the cartoon sense. I'm not, I'm not demeaning anybody. I mean, it was like, hey, how you doing? A schmoozing guy, a schmoozaholic, Hey, how are you? That's where that. I mean, I had lived that originally. after I got the job. Hey, we'll dance, we'll schmooze, we'll kiss, we'll carry on, we'll have a ball. What do you say? Let's kiss. Let's hug. I was basically the hug it out guy. Yes, yeah. do it. I did it that way. When I finished, their their jaws were kind of just like (laughs) dropped. And I went, okay, uh, you know, probably a mistake. And they go, no, 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 not so fast. (laughs) They said, would you mind if we just had a little discussion? Uh, Yeah, I said, I'll wait outside. So about 20 minutes later, they said, okay, if we go this way and we fail, we'll have destroyed a Disney animated movie which has really pretty much never been done it will be a catastrophic failure however if we take a chance and do this ridiculous idea <laughs> it might actually work and we're really we're really disposed to gamble on this I said I'll make a deal I'll do it I'll do it don't tell my age. I just do it for free until you feel comfortable with it. And if we come up stuff we like, then great. And if not, it's fine, replace me and get somebody else. Well, we started working and I just loved the character. And I don't know if your fans know this, but but the way it works in animation is we don't ever get to work with the other characters. Mm-hmm. You know? I didn't even know that Susan you know, was playing Meg. I didn't yeah, it was really you, you know, I think finally at the very end, I got to do one scene with was it Meg or was it with Hercules? I, I don't even remember, uh I think with Hercules um, and uh, so uh, with Tate. So. Um, we started working. And they laid down all the voice first, and I'm not kidding. It was over a two year period. So I sort of loved the character a little bit and I was always ad libbing. You know, and they would love the stuff and they'd laugh at that's ridiculous. I mean I'd be like oh, hey, hey. and they go, Well we'll tone that down a little, but you know. <laughs> and then we do you know, just crazy versions where I'd take a scene, I'd do it as written, and then I'd just literally rip it and would do it for two hours. Just crazy, insane stuff. And I remember saying, Hey, remember that uh, one of my favorite things was I said, Do you remember the scene in uh the John Travolta movie uh where he uh you know, a famous movie, um not saying alive, but the, the original um, Saturday night, night fever. Yeah. Where he's sitting at the table with and his dad comes in and slaps him on the head and he goes, Whoa, hey, my hair. Come on, my hair, dude. And I remember thinking, I said, you know, I've got this like gorgeous hair. Can we do something like, Hello, my hair like is, you know, like you like, you know, maybe I get splashed and my my hair gets gets ruined or something. I was like, Whoa, is, is my hair out? <laughs> it's like, and they ended up doing it. It's And it's it's sort of the go-to thing I do whenever parents will bring their kids and say, you know who that is? That's Hades. And the kids will look at me because of some <laughs> old guy what you white they're three years old. I like, go, oh, that's not Hades. That's some old guy. And then I'll do, hey, which ones will dance?" Or I'll do, whoa, is my hair out? And I'll kind of go, oh, oh yeah. Because yeah. they hear the yeah. voice. It's very funny. Um, so a lot of the, the character was then created through their very gracious Ron, the directors uh, ron clements and um and uh, oh uh oh geez skipping my mind ron clements and uh remind me uh, yeah uh, i forget oh uh well i'll look it up and you'll look it up while i'm talking it. i sure uh, will. yeah it's been a while sorry about that <laughs> my, my but anyway the directors were uh also involved in the writing obviously and with the writers and they were willing like all good writer directors that I've ever worked with, you know whether it's, you know, Oliver Stone or you know Scorsese, who does a lot of the writing in his scripts, even though people don't realize that, and you know these, are, they allow actors to ad lib, mm. you know, not to change things completely without their permission and not to do the original script, but they allow improvisational sessions. They they have the courage of their own writing, uh, where they will allow an actor to try to. To reach for things especially a colorful character like your yep. we design. so what happened was the character started to create on his own to be created on his own or evolve on his own through these sessions of improvisation that we all did together so as they say, say hey, do that again instead of hey is this a, you know it's a famous old uh line you know a uh henny youngman line where he goes hey is this an audience or an oil painting or, or maybe it was uh was it any Young? And I, one of the greats who said it. Uh, and Silly Jane, is an audience or is this a mosaic? And, you know, all the Greek related um, jokes. But we ended up literally kind of stirring this soup to create the character. And I have to give 100% credit to the directors and the writers who were willing to go with it. And then, you know, we all got this kind of infected by the spirit of improvisation that just. Let the character flow, and and uh, and they even made it so he looked a lot like me. <laughs> yep, yep. Hope i better look it. Uh, <laughs> because I'm the only uh, I'm the only uh, pure Disney character who doesn't have U-shaped eyes. I have round eyes. Oh, and, yeah. and very rarely, you know, all Disney That's animated true. characters they have U-shaped eyes. To yeah, some, to some degree, my character is round. He's always, he's perfectly round eyes. I
1: never thought a, of that. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I got the name. It's uh John Musker was the other
0: director. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So sorry. So sorry that I left his name out. But um it was a fabulous crew to work with. You know, you work with Disney there. Uh uh they it's just one of those life one in a lifetime experiences. Absolutely. You know, And uh, I had it was just off to be sorry. There's little girl uh, all the time I would get, you know, people always come up. I see they have five or six or seven or eight-year-old kids, 10-year-old kids. You know they're going to ask about Haiti. <laughs> so they always come over and they want an autograph or something. And this little girl came over with an autograph. She was like five years old. She was like a Disney princess. And she goes, Mr. Woods? I said, yes. She said, can I get your autograph? And I said, oh, yes, I'd be happy. I said, so I guess you saw Hercules, huh? She goes, no. But I saw his movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized that, how precious it is to be in a Disney movie. She literally knows that Hercules is out there somewhere. Yeah. You know, she saw his movie that he starred in, but she hasn't had a chance to meet him yet. God, you know, that's amazing. He, these Disney characters for children are so real, so much a part of their little zeitgeist of yep. their of their experience and culture, and you have a big responsibility. So one of the reasons I'm in every game, and you go to any Disney park, you know, they always call me up. Hey, would you do three lines for a Disney water show? I said, Absolutely. You know, I really feel that I own. That character is very much a part of my career that I'm extremely proud of. You know, I you know the funny thing is I did all these movies and, you know, serious movies playing the villain, you know, with all these great, you know, Sergio Leone and uh-huh. everybody else. And, and in many ways, a lot of my proudest legacy is the animated characters, you know, whether it's Family Guy or or The Simpsons and, of course, most certainly my work with Disney.
1: It scares me, though, man, when they announced the live-action Hercules. If they don't get you to play Hades, I'm going to be worried.
0: Well, they, well they're they doing a Broadway play of it, and I believe I believe the original actor, Tate in, in Hercules, is it he who's going to play her- uh, Hades, or is it the the actor who did his singing? Oh, you know,
1: I don't know. I haven't heard. Right?
0: I know Susan Egan did her own acting and singing. Yep. But but Tate did his own acting and the singing was done by, um, again, I I should have had all this in front of me, but I figured, you know, I'll I'll give you a real raw interview. I'm allowed to forget who was who. who. My apologies to that fine actor and singer. So, um, yeah, so that's a little bit of how it was, how it came about.
1: I was actually, I I rewatched the movie recently, too, and I, I realized while watching it, this is another rare instance where the main villain doesn't have a song.
0: Yeah. We were talking about that last night, and I said to Sarah, to, to my girlfriend, I said, "How come I never had a song?" Yeah, I, we, I always ask that. and I think I asked uh, Ron or somebody why I didn't have a song, and I don't. Let me think about what the answer was. Um, because you know, even the even the villain in the Hunchback of Notre Dame had a song. Exactly. Um, I'm. I think I don't know. As a comedic villain, you think I would have had a song. It's not that I can't sing. I've sung in other movies. I mean, you know, we all know, you know, I'm with James Woods and Family Guy. I sang <laughs> that. I sang in Best I mean, I'm not a great singer, but I certainly could do a, you know, a Rex Harrison, you know, walking, talking, exactly. exactly, a job. You know, I'm a little fairly, fairly musical. I just, I think that was just a choice on their part, not to have him have a, have a, a song. But maybe they were, because there were so many jokes, uh, they, they didn't want to have a song. Also, a lot of the music was, you know, Alan Menken's. A lot, a lot of the music was was uh, was the five women singing. That chorus was very, yeah. you know, sort of gospel. It was the whole idea was got you know the five gospel singers yep. basically uh, when they do uh, Zero to Hero and all those songs. I guess maybe my character just didn't fit into a musical riff, maybe. and they would rather have him talking and joking than. And he blows up every once in a while. Than just stopping and doing a song, it might take away. He's supposed to be a fairly, fairly scary villain, and a lot of it because of the humor makes it not as scary. And then he is scary again when he gets into the death stuff and when he's screaming and exploding. Yeah, a song just might make him not villainous enough. It might take away yeah. from the villainy. It might. I'm guessing. I'm guessing that was their reasoning.
1: I know you're very passionate about this character, about Hades. What is it that you love? What is it that really draws you to this character? Gee, that's
0: a, you know, I never actually thought of it. So I'm going to give you a a truly uh, spontaneous response. I mean, I I like that he's actually kind of vulnerable. And I know that seems silly because he's the Lord of the Underworld and he's causing all this chaos and he wants to take over the world. And especially in the TV series, that, that was sort of a big issue. But I like him the way we like the Roadrunner in Wiley Coyote. The, you know, uh, in the Roadrunner series, Wiley Coyote. He, he's so desperate to create evil and he's just so bad at it, really, <laughs> finally. I mean, I just love that he's just going to take over the world and he can't get really basically anything right. Yeah. And he's losing with Meg and she sees through him. And, you know, he's got Hercules kind of under his thumb but even pain and panic can't do it right. He can't get on top of them. I mean, for all his bluster and his control of the world, even the three hags who are, you know, cut the thread and send everybody down the river sticks to their death and so on. He just really basically is always one, one card short in the deck. (laughs) Uh, So he makes up for it with this insane temper and, uh, and and his slick way of manipulating everybody, but for some reason he just doesn't ever get across the finish line. And to me that's very funny. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. I, I like the character because he's such a great comedic character. Uh, I you know I'm sure to a child he, he's rather villainous when he explodes and 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 indeed all the people who are supposed to be afraid of him are afraid of him, like pain and panic and Phil and everybody else who knows why this guy's a dangerous guy. But um, All in all, I just love him because he just—he tries so hard to be bad. And basically, he's just kind of the Grinch. He can't pull it off. You know, all the (laughs) great villains try to be villains, but they can't pull it off because deep down inside, there's something about him we like. You could almost imagine Hades kind of surviving at the end and being sent out to the old age home and going, you know, I was really tough. I was one of the tougher guys. I just want to say, you know, nobody, you know, people... They they took a lot of crap from me. I didn't end the world. I didn't take over Olympus. But that was my choice. I'm just saying, just for the record, that was my choice. Yeah, you can see him explaining to people who get up and leave and kind of don't want to hear the whole story. Yeah, yapping on. I just see him as kind of a noble failure. And there's something I love about that, that he's just such a loser, you know, and and yet thinks he's such a big, a big tough guy. It's just funny to me. Yeah. it's like It's like when puppies bark. You go, okay, you, you know. You're 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 seven inches tall. Why are you barking at me? Oh, <laughs> Ten, <laughs> I'm a lot taller than you are.
1: <laughs> was this your uh, big first voiceover gig?
0: Uh, uh, let me think. Um, I was doing a lot of voiceover, uh, a lot of commercial voiceover. In fact, I got my SAG, my SAG card, doing a Campbell's pork and bean commercial oh, with Fred Willard. God rest his soul. Oh, own, wow. Way. And a lot of the people from that original comedy group. Um, uh, so, but, you know, I always did voices a lot for, uh, you know, a lot of narration like National Geographic. And, uh, yeah. um, you know, a lot of the, not only the uh, wild document, wild country documentaries, but a lot of history, doc, the History Channel. I did a lot of that. Um, and let me think. When, so I did Surf's Up and Stuart Little, too. And. I did a lot of things you don't know about. Like I was a voice in Roly Poly, uh a lot of little five-year-old kids oh, listened wow. to. I did a lot of an- a lot of animated uh, stuff, but I think this was the first. I mean, look, when you're a, a Disney villain, it's uh, you know, it's one it's one you put on the wall. You know, if I have a poster mm-hmm. in my house, I'm gonna have you know, I'm gonna have maybe two posters in my whole house. I'm gonna have you know, <laughs> you know Once Upon a Time in America <laughs> and, and Hercules, just because. They're both so, they're both such disparate villains and, you know, one's a, you know, a world-class historical movie that I think will probably always be up there on, on you know, the list of, of great achievements by a great director like Sergio Leone. And the other one is just a wonderful, you're part of the Disney villain pantheon. You you can't, yep. you know, they can never take that away from you.
1: Nope. <laughs> and it's it's filled with very amazing villains and Hades is in my top five. Well, so. that's
0: like just yeah, I always sees him in the top ten. I th- I think one of the reasons is he's he's kind of the asterisk to all the villains. You know, there there are there are such perfect formulas that work. Well, watching Hades last night, uh, Hercules last night. <laughs> see, Hades is called <laughs> up to the Hades. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Freudian slip. <laughs> hey, what are you going to do? Um, but anyway, uh, the uh, <laughs> said Hades. Uh, you, you know the. Their their formulas are so clear. We're watching, and when, when, when Hercules finally decides he's going to go off and and find a way to become a hero, it's not until he meets Meg that really becoming a hero is important to him. Now there's a real damsel to save, and of course he's set up. All all of those formulas are, are you know, betrayal, quest, all those great Disney formulas, all based on Joseph Campbell, obviously, the yeah. Joseph Campbell hero quest. Um, and the villain... Look, it's understood any movie that has a major villain antagonist in the archetype of every heroic story. The movie sinks or swims with the villain. Yeah. You have a great villain. you got a great movie. You don't have a great villain. You don't have a great movie. You, you have to have a great villain. But the way a villain is defined is oftentimes not, I think, what people expect. I mean, our classic villain is, you know, the witch and Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I mean, you know, I still have chills remembering as a child that I was terrified of that witch. Yep. You know, looking in the mirror, it's like, gee, you know, so, <laughs> eating that apple. You know, you know, it's it just you, you, you really were afraid of that villain. As we become more sophisticated and we've had more experience. In our lives, you know, children, are, you know, have a plethora of movies to see. We're more sophisticated about storyline, and we've got to, uh, we got to lend a, um, a measure of uh, spice to our heroes and our villains. And and yet, if you have a spicy hero, then you got to have an even spicier villain, or you keep the hero perfectly neutral, which heroes often are. And I've often been asked that question. You know, how do you feel playing villains all the time in movies? I They said they're the best characters. Yeah. They're obviously the best characters. They're always the creative characters. The hero is the hero. And it's not an easy job to do, being the hero. You know, you got to be the square jaws You know, yep. tall guy stands there and saves the damsel. But your job is predictable. The villain's job is unpredictable. And you've got to find a way to make that character special, stand out, and keep the audience, you know, on its toes and, you know, on the edge of its seat. And at the same time, be aware that as we get more modern, more progressive, more experienced, as our culture grows, we've also got to give that character a uh, sousson, if you will, of uh, spiciness and variety and, and unexpected wit and even charm.
1: And let me say, everything you put towards this character, I don't think it would have been... The success that it was if it wasn't for your contribution oh, to this film
0: thank you but but you know what that means the world to me and i really appreciate your saying it but but you it, it it always sounds like you're being um oh thank you so much but you know my beautiful team making a movie like every element has to click for sure if, if they put the wrong score in which yep. they did in this case beautiful score if they put the wrong animation tone you know it's a disaster. I mean, they're so. The animation has to be good. The lyrics have to be good. The dialogue has to be crackling. The story, the 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 cinematography, even though there is no, such I know, a, you know con- conceptual uh, design, the production design, it all goes together. And a lot of times, it'll kick off from a character. You know, like if if Hades is all of a sudden a certain tone, then the other actors, they'll have them adjust their tone. And sometimes. When an actor does something beautiful in a scene, they'll come back to you when you're creating it and go, you know, Susan sang this song in such a beautiful way. We want to start with a bang when you come back in. So we're going to redo that part where you howl right after she sings it, but we want it more explosive. (laughs) That's great. you know, And they explain to you how it fits together. Your compliment means the world, but believe me, it's a team effort, even when you're not recording together. Yep. We we dovetail, I think is the best way to explain it, into each other's performances in ways that shape it so it has a kind of harmony. Yeah. So that the sum really is genuinely greater than—the uh, the whole is genuinely greater than the sum of its parts.
1: Yeah, I, I can't imagine creating an animation from just a blank piece of paper, you know, and then— getting hercules out of that
0: and the funny thing is they also video record you you know and they ask you to do things um in a more animation friendly way so let me explain what that means there's a great little scene that i use as an example because they actually taught me how to do this they said you know even when your voice has the dynamic that we want we'd like you to act it as well and of course i'm a physical actor i mean i'm more of an actor than I am uh, a narrator uh, or an animation voice, obviously I've had a career being (laughs) more of an actor. Some actors who are really voice actors, but I'm not, I mean, I am as well, (laughs) but I'm more of an actor. So I can say when, when I, when I, uh, you know, give the pacifier to, uh, to baby Hercules and I go, you know, here's a sucker. Here's a sucker for the little sucker right remember that line here's a sucker for the little sucker well i'm doing it you can see me now maybe there's one point you can use in your podcast. yep i can do it like here's a sucker for the little sucker or i can do it here's a sucker for the little sucker now i would overact it like that wow per direction and then they would have a it's hard to do here on the yeah on the face (laughs) time but they would have trying to hold the phone as far away as i can that whole gesture of taking a hand and putting in the mouth and coming in with the face like that is wow. a sucker for the little sucker. You know, you'd hold it up and then put it down so they can use that animation style and, uh, it can focus. You can see the, the, the little pacifier. You can see it as you hold it up. Yep. That's the, And then they'll come in on the face and then in on the baby's face, you know, taking it and biting his friend, whatever. So, um, there was a whole way that we would act the whole time we're doing the animation. And believe me, when you're doing two hours of it (laughs) and 80s, it's always like, ah, this, you know, howling and my hair's on fire. Whoa. Is my hair, is it out? (laughs) You know, all this stuff. And instead of just going, is it out? You gotta go, I'm sorry. Wow. Is it out? (laughs) I could do it better with two hands, but you know, it's, it's just funny when he's doing it, you know, all that silly way he behaves. He's, He's such an over the top character anyway. He was born for animation. Yep. You know? Born for animation. But we had to act in an animated way. So, you know, when Susan I never saw her do it, but I seen in a couple of the videos, when she'd do the seductive stuff, she would actually act like that, you know, by the you know, by the microphones. So that the the video videographers could then give that to the animators and they'd say, Oh, because they'd see what her natural rhythm was. Yep. So it was based on the natural rhythm of the actors. You know, so the actors when when you see you know all these wonderful actors doing animation. You know, you know, Tim Allen or you know Tom Hanks or Cameron Diaz. All of they're all just such great actors that you know when they when they do it, you can bet they're doing their Tom Hanks thing when yeah. they're doing that character, or they're doing the you know and you know Susan Egan and you know Tate Donovan. You know, Tate had to do all that <laughs> Raviya hercules you know, merchandising look <laughs> that, that he had you know he had to look like you know the charles atlas arnold schwarzenegger superhero and you
1: know i this? think i think you can hear it in the final project too i think it really helps with the acting as well
0: oh absolutely does because you you learn to i mean like actors are taught things i was taught very classically just by experience i had when i was at mit i uh we had a, a extracurricular theater called the Drama Shop, the MIT Drama Shop. And you know, at MIT, there weren't a lot of guys interested in drama, but I was. So the male actors had to be from MIT, but the actresses, the female actors, had to be or could be were allowed to be anybody from Cambridge or or Boston. You know, from any of the colleges, and even some um, actresses who had gone to New York, maybe decided they didn't want to be professional, had come back. I was thinking of somebody in particular, two, two wonderful actresses I worked with um, in those days uh, who had been professional and come back and just used to work at, you know in the plays at MIT. We had this great um, director named Joseph Everingham, and he had taught at the Bristol Old Vic. And he taught me none of the stuff you'd expect, none of the method acting, getting the emotion of the, all that stuff. He taught the way to... Emphasize the, he said, always emphasize the nouns over the verbs and the adjectives. So it's not, here's us, you know, here's a sucker for the little sucker. It's here's a sucker for the little sucker. So using that Uh piece that we talked about before, you know, you know, so it's, you know, very important to have all these kind of classical bits of training when you're working and that leads to a way to master language, especially in animation narration and um actors who haven't had a lot of theater training sometimes aren't quite as comfortable with that yet yep. and the and usually the directors help them with that kind of that kind of reading and and um approach to to understanding how that works nice
1: now, I don't want to keep you much longer, but how are you uh keeping busy during this crazy quarantine
0: well uh what I I play guitar slightly less, let me just say, you know, as an actor, I was, bare, I was, I was able to afford to eat. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, I play guitar a lot. As a guitarist, I would, I would have died of starvation by <laughs> now, but you know, there's always something to learn. So I, I go on YouTube and, there you go. and I go to one of the, one of my favorite sites, you know, Active Melody or whatever, all the different ones. And I, uh, you know, you, you can learn on online and I sit and I learn a song or, I learn a, a blues progression or a bluegrass uh, rundown or, you know, some, you know, s- some lick from a blues teacher, whatever. That will give you. Uh, <laughs> so I play guitar. I swim every day in the pool. And uh, we play poker online on Zoom three days a week. Wow. Buddy. So <laughs> by and large, I'm, there you I'm go. carrying on.
1: Who knew that the Jetsons was going to be 100% you know, accurate in the future, all these online activities that we're doing?
0: You know, uh, between the Jetsons and uh, – and uh was it uh, the Simpsons, Simpsons. Who were, yep. the, the, yeah between those two i mean they, it, they pretty much had to the, we didn't <laughs> need those you know that's nope. a, that's the funny thing but but I tell you we we've come to realize certain things how much we i think enjoy so socializing yep um and and it's fun to be in a movie theater and watch you know a theater with everybody laughing together and clapping together you know uh, i mean uh, if you've ever seen an animation movie you know i i've done other i think i went to a we had a screening for all of the people at the studio for i can't remember one of stewart little two or one, one of the movies i did and you know you, you can hear the kids giggle and clap yeah. and laugh you know i mean it's an amazing wonderful thing by the same token we've also learned that it's kind of nice you know not to be eating and having the waiter standing over your food <laughs> you know and you know Speaking rather you know, vociferously, you know, now I'll probably, when everybody comes to the table, put a napkin over my food in the future. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we've learned that really, the you know, that people do shake hands and they've always done it because the other guy might be hiding a broadsword behind his back. <laughs> but now that we know that broadswords aren't really that popular anymore and you can die from contact with yeah. others who aren't your mates or family, um, you know, maybe uh, we don't have to do a lot of the stuff we do. You know, I'm happy if I'm not hugged too much by strangers anymore. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't imagine it ever again. You know?
1: Well, James, I want to thank you so very much. Like I said, big fan of your work, so I really cherish this time I had with you.
0: Thanks. Can I just say one other thing? Of course. Of course. Well, one of the things that I, I'll tell you, the, the proudest thing that I've uh, experienced in my entire career, Years ago, I was on the cover of a magazine and I was really thrilled because I'm not a cover guy. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I've never been a sort of movie star. I've been more of a character actor who was luckily very successful. You know, I mean, they, co- they have you star in things. But, you know, I've always thought of myself more of as an actor, not like a star. Yep. But I was on the cover of uh, Autograph magazine. I think it was called or f- f- Autograph whatever it was. But I was ro- voted the number one actor in the world for signing autographs that I was the most amenable wow. to his fans. And I was so proud of that because I've always signed autographs, always so loved my fans because it's they're always so gracious. You know, they go out of your way, their way to be complimentary and supportive. And and it means a lot to them. I always say to people, you know, take the time, you know, somebody who's really admired your work for years and they they participate in it. You know, you owe them just that moment of acknowledging who they are in your life. So. Two things, one, I love my fans and I'm incredibly grateful to them, and I advise every actor I know to remember when a person comes up to you and asks for an autograph before you say no or before you ignore them, just remember they pay your salary. They are your boss. Yep. Anyway, thanks, Tim. It's been a pleasure. Of course, Thank you man. So much. Take care. All all right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.
1: bye Thanks for listening to Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And That's all, folks.